Welcome to the three-part teaching series, Renewing Your Mind, featuring Kara Starnes. In this series, you'll learn about renewing your mind through scripture, combating fear, and the importance of our connection with God. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Today, you guys, it's going to be a great show. Today is part two of four of our Renewing Your Mind teaching series featuring Kara Starnes. Last week's episode was super good. For those who are not up to speed, that's okay. You can stick around. A link is in the description to the other uh, part one of three. Um, And then you also, we take every single teaching series on YouTube in our playlist tab and we group them all together. So you have them all just right then and there. So they're great, a great resource, especially if you're talking to someone in this case, who's really going through some, some stuff. Uh, They've got some bad mental habits, um, you know, maybe they've got trauma, those types of things. This is a really, really good series for that. Uh, Kara has walked through a lot of that stuff herself and has come out the other side and really has a gift to teach people and walk people through the steps on how to overcome using scripture, which is great. Um, so yeah, that a link to part one of three is in the description. Um, but yeah, stick around. This is going to be a great episode. Uh, if you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to follow Elijah Fire Podcast on Spotify. That'll really help us out. And of course, you can, uh, if you're listening on the app, you can rate us, give us an honest review. Wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, you can give us an honest review there. That'll really help us out. Thank you in advance. All right. So um, for those who have no idea for some reason who this guest is, she's a minister. She's also the founder of Safe Passage. And then she's also the author of Defend Yourself, uh, which is a fantastic book. Um, To reiterate myself, and I'll say it again next week, uh, this is the best, one of the best books on the subject of overcoming strongholds, tearing down strongholds, um, walking in wholeness, uh, all those things are like guides, there's worksheets, there's all kinds of stuff in here, you guys. It's very, very um, comprehensive. And so I have recommended this to several of you when you've written me, when I've talked about anxiety, uh, depression, um, and they're like, you should write a book. I'm like, uh, maybe, but for now, like, I can't recommend this book enough. So highly endorse it. Endorsed by Jeff Tharp of Elijah Fire. There you go. Uh, it's out in the ether now, out in the interwebs. Um, so yeah, anyways, that long introduction, let's give it up for my guest today, picking up where we left off last week, Kara Starr. Kara, Cinnamon Toast Crunch Starnes, how are you? <laughs> I'm loaded. Every time the thing goes across the screen, I'm like, oh, now I'm 100%. Fully Here we loaded. go. Yeah, fully loaded. <laughs> All right. Loaded. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, last week we talked about holiness equals wholeness, mm-hmm. right? Hope for people that, that have shattered minds, all of that stuff. Uh, you gave people some great con, uh, some great homework, which was, uh, it was the activity assignment, the right. I am statements based off of scripture. Carol, what are we going to be talking about today? Okay. I'm so excited for today. I was just, we were talking uh, together before and I was like, guys, after the last one, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to miss you guys every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we're going to be talking um, about fear. 
and exposing what it comes to do, exposing the assignment of fear on the believer's life, because the assignment of fear is to steal your assignments. Okay. So it's like, uh, like uh, head to head combat of assignments. All right. And so I'm going to be talking about that. um, And I'm going to be pretty transparent, um, more um, on my story and uh, testimony, because every time I hear somebody else's testimony, it just helps me so much. And so uh, I'll be sharing a little bit about what I've gone through, what I'm going through recently. And just hope that helps somebody not feel alone and that we can totally uh, overcome fear. How's that sound, Jeff? <laughs> I think that sounds amazing. I'm <laughs> okay. all about that. I'm all about that. So I want you to jump right in okay. and then we'll do what we do. Okay. Do what we do. Do, what um, we do. So I'm actually going to uh, ask people three questions at the end of this live, okay. but I want to bring it forward um, so that um, maybe if people have to hop off throughout the live, you know, to come back and watch the replay and work through some of this. And so those three questions, we're going to come back to it at the end. We're going to do something with them. So here they are. Number one, have you been stuck in patterns and cycles of fear, anxiety, and negative thinking? Mm. Number two, what has been the immediate effect and what will be the long-term effect if you don't change something? Number three, how long do you want to keep going through the cycle? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll circle back, but I want, I wanted to give those heavy hitters right out the yeah, gate. Those are big questions. Now we're all freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> Sweaty. Everybody's sweating. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. But I have those questions because I asked myself those questions. Okay. So today we'll be talking about fear and the effect it has on our life if we let it. And sometimes when I hear people talk about fear, it can sound obscure. And so I'm just going to go for it. Okay. What type of fear I've walked through because the fear in my life has been crippling and it has been vast. And so I don't come on preaching something uh, and talking to people about something I don't get. Okay. And that I haven't walked through and that God hasn't helped me and redeemed me from. And so um, a few months ago, I came on here and told my testimony, I'm not going to be telling that again today. Um, But Jeff knows and the team knows and and the viewers who viewed that know, okay, um, I ended up being involved in a car accident uh, overseas. It was um, my PTSD ended up being really, really severe. Okay. And I was having terrible experiences for six years of panic attacks, choking, hearing voices. And every single day I was going through things where I literally thought I was going to die every day. And so of course, um, God freed me from that. And maybe Jeff will be able to, he might be able to link the Elijah fire episode in the description later for people. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, for sure. If that already struck a chord of somebody and they need Mm -hmm. to kind of go on that note, but I tell all of that really to say, I was afraid of cars. I was afraid of planes. I was afraid of bad things happening to me. 
uh, because of the mental warfare, I was afraid of my own body. Um, I was afraid of waking up to my depression because uh, I didn't want to live to see another day. Mm. I was afraid to wake up to a panic attack thinking it's legitimately going to kill me or drive me uh, insane, literally into insanity. Okay. And so all of this pressure and chaos, it made me afraid to do daily things. The, the hormones of my body were getting so bad. Uh, I couldn't leave my house. I would have to run out of grocery stores because I was so, so just shaken in, in my mind, in my body. Right. Yeah. And that's from fear. Okay. And that was all the trauma, all the fear, uh, attached to trauma, but God also took me on a wild journey to start, uh, a nonprofit ministry. It's called safe passage. Okay. Um, and we work with youth who've been impacted by child trafficking and exploitation and grooming. That journey has been very difficult and, uh, we we're going on our sixth year or so. And, for the first three years, I wanted to give up every day. I wanted to hit the erase and delete button hmm. in a street and, and give up on it. And to be honest, uh, today, I want to give up all over again because God is taking us to the next level. And it's just funny now because like six years ago, when I started Safe Passage, I was lifting like a five pound weight, crying my eyes out. And today I'm lifting like a 500 pound weight. And they feel the same. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so that just shows you God grows you to take on more. But anyway, mm -hmm. so through that journey, uh, fear, fear all over the place. I was afraid of failure. Um, I was afraid of raising all this money, riding down the vision, taking it to the community and um, really not being able to get it off the ground. I was afraid of being a bad leader. I was afraid of making any type of mistake, small or large. I was afraid of the pressure in the unknown. Honestly, I was afraid of commitment, even though it was a good thing. Because once I said yes, I'm like, okay, baby, I'm on that train. It's going. And there's no, like, mm -hmm. I said yes to God. There's no choice, yeah. you know? And so all of those fears, okay? The fears of the trauma, the fears that I, I was facing with spiritual warfare and mental illness and, and truly actually feeling like I was being pulled apart in my mind, the fears of leaving my house. Um, first of all, God was with me. Okay. I, I didn't have to face any of that alone. Second of all, he taught me how to uh, tear down those strongholds of trauma and fear and overcome those demons, all that stuff. But so I didn't going through it. I didn't want to go through it. I didn't want to walk through those things. I was afraid the whole time. Okay. But now we know I'm on the other side. I published a book on the topic. I'm doing teachings and videos and, and, and ministry and, 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 and ministering to people. Okay. But this book and, and the ministry that comes on the other side of everything I walked through it has actually become the greatest blessing of my life. Hmm. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. Okay. But fear back there was telling me, Kara, you're going to die. Okay. You're going to fall apart mentally. Um, you're not going to make it. And, and I had to make 
a, a deal with God. And I said, God, I'm walking through more than I can comprehend, more than I can understand right now. I'm afraid. I'm pretty sure I'm going to die. And I know you've called me into more, but God, I feel like if I literally just stand up on stage and talk about safe passage, I'm going to pass out and die a humiliating death from a panic attack. And I'm never, <laughs> if I recover, so you literally just thought you were going to die. Like just, just cause of, of mental implosion. Yeah. And, and Jeff and I, we, uh, we love talking about this kind of stuff. We, we talked about like, uh, in, in probably both my last two ones, why it is that it actually is such a, a spiritual experience and such a, an experience in your body. It's not just thoughts. We, we covered that one in the last one. Yes. Which you explained m- much more eloquently than I did, but yes. But we talked about false realities and false imaginations and how they're not actually that imaginary because when you put your body through that, through your thought life, your body actually hormonally, chemically, all this stuff, it can't tell the difference, right? Mm-hmm. So your mind knows this is imagination. Your body is like, are we dying? <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> so, yeah. so I've been given like opportunities for safe passage and ministry. And no matter how big or small they are, I'm so terrified. I just want to stay home and hide, right? And I had to make a deal with God. And the deal was God. I will never give up the call for fear. If I actually go down, that one's on God. <laughs> like I, because if I have the call, I'm not going to give it up for fear. And so I made a deal with God. I said, God, I'll never give up an opportunity. To be honest, Jeff, the first few lives I ever did with you, the stuff I'm doing in ministry now, when I sat down in this chair, when the lights went on and the the red light went on for the live, I had this insane dramatic urge that if I don't run right now, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to black out (laughs) on YouTube. Well, and what I told you, you know, because we were just talking about it backstage, I said, it took me like somewhere between 12, 15, 20 episodes to not feel nervous mm-hmm. in any way. Um, you know, cause now I can do these and it's like, it's nothing, but it's that repetition of doing it, you yeah. know, and, and the same could be said about whatever you're, whatever anybody's doing, you know, because I think, uh, and I'll let you keep talking in just a second, but I think w- we have this tendency to look at, we idealize a certain situation or a certain Oh, if I do this thing and God's calling me to do this thing, then I'm not going to be nervous to do it. And then you feel the nerves and sometimes you feel them like hardcore and you're like, something's wrong. I heard God wrong. This is wrong. I'm not supposed to be here. And then that fight or flight, that fight or flight thing kicks in and you're like, I need to get out of this now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I can relate. I know what that feels like. Yeah. And the only reason we're being honest is because there are people in the chat who are called to share their testimony, Mm -hmm. to get on a Facebook live, to get on a whatever. And they've never turned on the camera. They've never done something live like that. Right. And they need to know we've gone through the same fears and face them. And you can too. Like, Mm -hmm. we're not just sitting here naturals, you know, able to do this without the strength of God. Okay. (laughs) Like, so that's an encouragement to literally anyone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
another piece of uh, another detail that you gave that I think is really important to point out as we're kind of going through this is, and I've found this to be true across the board with just people that are in ministry in any capacity. It doesn't even have to be ministry. It can be just anything big that, you know, is like something that they has been something that's on their heart or whatever. And they're actually walking it out is that I think, again, we also get into this mindset of like, okay, idealizing and going, all right, so if I'm going to do this thing, I need to be perfect in this way, this way, this way. And man, how that has been like, that has been so far from the truth for me uh, in my own life of being like, I've still been walking through stuff as I'm, as I'm walking something out. And, and there are exceptions. There are, it's not a one size fits all definition of like, okay, well, this is what this means. And, and uh, you know, if you're experiencing this then this is what this means. Uh, but, um, but at the same time, you know, like there have been times where God has set me apart because there's something he wants to deal with, with me before I can move into a season. So it's not always across the board, but then there are also times where like, I mean, you were even mentioning, you know, you were going through all that while you were, you were establishing safe passage, right? You were going through all that, even while you were doing that. So I think we can look at like these things and idealize them and be like, nope, I need to be able to do this. And look, it's admirable to be like, I want to deal with this. I want this done. But sometimes God, he can sense the sincerity in your heart. And then he's like, all right, now just, just trust me on this. We're going to now do this other thing. And you're like, but I'm not done with it. God, wait. <laughs> so that it's happens too. And it's, I think most of us would say, like, if we have faced a fear or taken a risk um, for God and with God, oftentimes what you thought would be your greatest fear turn out to be your greatest failure. When you go through it with God, it turns out to be the greatest blessing Mm -hmm. of your life, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to walk through what I went through. I was afraid to launch Safe Passage. And now I've got teenagers calling me on the phone who these are kids who've been trafficked and exploited and groomed. And now they're calling me on my phone. Six years ago, if you would have told me you're going to have children all over the state calling you, wanting to talk to you, wanting to tell you what they're going through. They want to talk about Jesus and they want to leave the situation they're in. um, I probably would have uh, picked my feet up a little faster. Um, but none of that would have happened if I bowed to fear. And I just want people to examine their lives and ask themselves, what is not going to take place in the earth? What assignment has God given me that's going to sit idle and collect dust if I bow to fear? Because when we, when God gives us an assignment, people are attached to that assignment. And souls are attached Mm, to that assignment, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to say yes, because it's not just about us. It's about what God wants to do in the earth. And fear comes to tell you, God doesn't need you. Um, You know, God's going to fail you. You're not going to make it. He'll find someone better. (laughs) Please. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you, you know, I think I said, I think I said, I'll be your vessel in the earth if you want. And I really didn't want him to answer that prayer. I didn't want, I didn't want him. I didn't want to be used, you know? Yeah. 
Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Um, but anyways, okay. I was thinking about fear and um, realizing we typically come across two primary categories of fear. Okay. Um, the fear we often think about is um, actually pretty easy to face and move on from. And that's the fears that surprise us in life circumstances. And so these are things that are like external, you know, a car slams on their brakes, you know, in front of you and you freak out for a moment, you know, and that fear, it comes and it goes and it's reactionary. It's reactionary. Um, but it doesn't have a a root in us. Okay. The fear we're kind of talking about today. Um, okay. It comes from an internal place and it's a fear we actually choose to carry over the course of time. And so this type of fear comes up when we're faced with an opportunity or assignment or a calling in life. Right. And we don't believe we can do it. And we choose to be in perpetual fear about it. And this type of fear is recurring. It's recurring because it comes from somewhere rooted inside of us. Okay. And it usually is rooted in the feeling that God's going to fail us or something's going to fall apart and we better protect ourselves uh, and not do that thing. Okay. And I began to look uh, at my life over the last 10 years, okay? And I asked myself, where would I be without risk? And the reality is if I didn't take any of the risks I ever took, I was pretty unhappy when I took those risks, okay? But if I never took those risks, it would be now that I would be unhappy, Because I would be in something that wasn't serving my purpose, wasn't serving my calling. I'd actually be in a low level job, having serving someone else's dream, taking no risks of my own, serving everybody else's risks. And every time I took a risk for God, with God, I saw a miracle. And I cannot tell you all the incredible, marvelous things God has done in my life. I try to count it up. I try to track it all down. And I become like overwhelmed when I reflect on what God has done. And so risk, what people need to know is risk is actually an invitation to see God's hand move in your life. Hmm. But fear puts you in a standstill where you won't see nothing because you stayed at home and you hid. And the reason we listen to fear is because it's a loud talker. All it does is talk over you. It never runs out of talking points. They're all compelling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But faith has one talking point. And it says, just trust God. That's all you you need. Mm -hmm. Just trust God. But fear comes with a hundred freaking excuses, okay? Mm -hmm. Conspiracies, worst case scenarios, rare side effects, right? Mm -hmm. And it never runs out of things to say. And so when I wanted to overcome my fears, I thought the sensible thing to do was to chase down the rabbit hole to see if I could prevent it, debunk it, avoid it, outsmart it, 
And that was so stupid because every time you get to the end of a fear rabbit hole, the rabbit hole opens back up. It's like a fear whack-a-mole, you know, where it's like you hit one and another one pops up always hundred, 10 out of 10 times. It is. It never, it never ends. All fear does is it water hoses you over and over again with more things to be worried about. And so when I realized, um, I'm, I'm, I'm never, you know, fear is never going to run out. I finally asked myself one question that settled everything and every decision I will ever make for the rest of my life. And here is that question. I asked myself, I said, if I had no fear, what would I do? And I began to realize if I had no fear, then nothing would scare me and no worst case scenario could stop me from taking that leap of faith, right? And I want to ask people, what would you do if you had no fear? Would you launch that business? Okay. Would you take that chance? Would you take the leap and become a parent? Would you move cities? Would you start that YouTube channel? If you had no fear, what would you do? Because when you ask yourself that question, you begin to realize, I actually really want that thing standing on the other side of fear. And then you realize what the assignment of fear is. It's to block you from your assignments. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. (laughs) Sizzling today. Yeah. Are you okay out there? Yeah. It's it this is so good. Because Everybody okay. Well, because also like I, I think that question right there is like I man, I, I mean, even I am sitting here going like there's a couple of things, you know. Um, and I think that when you like that whole thing of like trying to best fear of like, okay, well, I've got all these things that I can like say to Satan, you know, in this situation or this situation. And, uh, or like, you know, if you're just addressing the bad thoughts themselves, there's no end to them. So yeah, like the, the fear rabbit hole, you think you've come to the end and you're like, aha, okay, now I can go do the thing. All of a sudden now it reopens back up. It is a endless, it's an infinity loop. You know, it's just like, just when you think you're at the end opens back up and you're back in it. Mm -hmm. And so I think learning to push through uh fighting your body and and learning to push through you know your desire to like if i don't get out of here right now i'm gonna die you know uh learning to push through that uh, i think is is really um yeah it's really important Mm -hmm. i mean in the last five minutes i can think of about three times where i said kara push through mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm thinking who's logging on that I've never met that, you know, now I'm freaking out. And, and, and now I'm what <laughs> so if, many unknown variables. What if what I say isn't actually truth? What if I'm a terrible minister? What if this doesn't help anybody? What if I mess? I about three times in the last five minutes, I said, push through when fear was like, Nope, just go, just like mm-hmm. technical issues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I just I can't hear you. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, too, I mean, like that's honesty. And I think uh, there's a lot of people that experience that. And there are days, even for me, like where I, 
I have been like, I've started a show and I've been like, I mean, cause you have five shows a week. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, sometimes it's like heavy topic after heavy topic. Uh, and there have been days when I'm like, I get five, 10 minutes in and I have an internal freak out moment where I'm like, God, I can't do this. Like I can't, I don't have the energy to do this today. And then you're, you sit there and like, this is all going on inside here. People have no idea. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen, you know, and where you're just like, there's just a lot going on in my, my world. And, and, you know, and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I could definitely relate to that for mm -hmm, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Because it's, it's not about us. Mm -hmm. And so when we face a fear, okay, the strength and momentum of God goes with us, right? Because I don't think you or I would be on this live today if we didn't believe God wanted us to be here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I yawned uh, every 10 seconds before we went live. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Right? <laughs> and now I'm like, on fire, you know? Yeah. And, and I had to say a prayer before we went live, but God's strength needs you. Yeah. Um. So, so I, so I want to keep talking about how fear comes to steal our opportunity, our calling, our assignments and our future. Okay. And in Lamentations 1, 9, pretty sad. Okay. It's talking about Israel and it says, uh, she did not consider her destiny. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. Okay. Awesome in a bit. And we want to consider what our destiny is so that we fulfill it and don't miss it. Right. Mm -hmm. And fear can come and it can puff itself up as big as it wants. But when a child of God knows that they know what their calling is, what their God given assignments are, they don't let anything take it from them, especially not fear because fear is lying. Okay. Um, in the Bible, you know, it's very clear uh, corporately, okay, um, what our calling really is. And we see God give a command as, as early as Genesis, okay? And that's to Adam and Eve pop on the scene and it's to be fruitful and multiply and steward the earth and have dominion and rule over it. And our calling as God's children is to advance on the earth. And the result of that um, uh, is it's really not for selfish gain. It's for the good of all mankind. Because in Genesis, uh, it's 12, 3, God told Abraham that all the people of the earth would be blessed through him and his descendants. And so when God's people advance in the earth, lives are touched. Okay. And those lives are believers and unbelievers. Okay. And there's a huge ripple effect in the earth because of our witness. And so God gives believers influence okay, to reach people and bless people because there are people in the earth that they have experiences, they have grievances against God, right? And we need a wave of believers to move out and advance across the earth into every corner of the marketplace, into, into all nations. We need believers to spread out and take dominion because sometimes there's a type of person that you are gifted in reaching and I can't go for you and you can't go for me, okay? Okay. 
Yep. So I can't do your job. <laughs> what? Come on, Kara. Yeah, I don't. I'm, sometimes I just want to quit my. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fear comes to keep you at home and keep you hiding and keep you in timidity and to count you out. And I love that Jeff loves my book, but. This year was the rollout of my book. My book is precious to me. Okay. It's totally precious to me. I, I can't describe to you what God did uh, through um, that testimony. Okay. To get that book out. And, but I have cried every day for probably the last years saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why God published this book. Um, I'm not a good daughter to God. I'm probably a really bad minister. I have all this mental warfare that's too much for me. And I'm scared of it. And I'm scared to preach. And I'm I'm scared of all these things. And what if I mess up? Okay. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be used. And last year, you know what my prayer was? It was, Lord, would you use me? Hmm. But now that he's using me, fear comes to get you to go behind closed doors and hide. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, so fear, it basically, and you know, when I thought about myself, um, I had a situation recently where when that situation occurred, I took the map of my life, the plans of my life, rolled it all out. And I said, I, I, I was about to, I was about the situation I went through. I was about to hide. I was about to cancel all the projects and plans I had been making. I was about to give up the calling God gave me. Okay. For, for what was going on. And I was about to take my testimony, throw it away and never do anything with it and let somebody else somewhere else serve God. And that's because I was looking at me. And I know how broken I am. And so I'm like, I, I, it's better that I don't be used. Right. But when I rolled all this out and I basically said from scratch, what does God want from my life? What is my calling? And what do I want? When I looked at myself, I said, I'm going to pack up, go home and do nothing. But it's when I started to think about God. And that's when I saw myself preaching. Hmm. it's when I started to think about God and that's when I saw myself leaving my house to witness to others. Okay. Because when you think about who God is and what he has done in your life and that he's your father and the Lord of your life, and you realize the calling he's given you to be a minister of reconciliation in the earth, to reconcile people back to God. I thought to myself, I have to go forward because I know uh, God's heart and desire, and that's to reach more people in the earth. But fear told me to throw it away. Okay, waste my testimony, waste my story of freedom, hide the love of God, God in my heart. Okay, and that I can't be used. Hmm. And I just came out the gate. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And when fear wins, okay, fear. Fear comes in to tell you that God doesn't need you and that you're going to fail God and God's going to fail you. And when fear wins, nobody wins. Because when, when fear wins, the believer doesn't win. The unbeliever doesn't win because there are souls attached 
to your yes and what you do to overcome fear and complete your assignments in the earth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's some people who are listening to this that, and you know who you are and you know exactly what areas these are. You have allowed fear to get the better of you for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the lie is that, and this, I think, perpetu- like it, it, it perpetuates the cycle. It keeps it in this perpetual state of just like you're just in the spin cycle forever, just just getting thrashed is it's too late. You know, yeah. it's too late. God told you to do this 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It's too late. So why don't you just stay here? And so then you stay in this state of fear. And it, the solution actually is to go start doing that thing. And, and it feels like it goes against all, like every fiber of your being to go and do the thing, you know, and it doesn't really, I don't know that it ever gets easier, but I find that if I get something, I had a word of knowledge about somebody, or I uh, feel like I'm supposed to do something to do it as quickly as possible. Because what happens with me is that I sit there with it and then I work. That's when all the hypotheticals come out, you know, like, oh, what if this happens or what if that, what if they say this when I say this or, you know, I didn't really hear God, you know? <laughs> Just, yeah. Um, that's such a good point. I, okay. I hadn't even planned on this, but I'll share this story because it so relates because sometimes God will start talking to you knowing you're going to delay, delay, delay. When you finally do it, he started talking to you in advance because he's right on time, even though you thought you weren't. Mm-hmm. And he he knew the due date and he knew how long you were going to drag your feet. And so he, he actually talked to you in advance. And mm-hmm. so this is a cool story. There's a girl who's, uh, I love her. Um, her name is Maddie. And, um, I knew her back in like youth group days, all that kind of stuff. But um, I was a leader. She was a student. I wasn't her leader. Then I, I went overseas. So we never really, we, you know, we knew each other's names, but didn't have a relationship. So maybe two years ago, um, I go to church one day and I, I get this word uh, from somebody at church. And the person at church says, I see girls coming to you and asking to be mentored. And I thought to myself, I don't have time to mentor. I don't have time for nobody. I was like, we will see what God does because, uh, you know, it'd have to be a firecracker. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe, maybe, but no. She'd have to be pretty baller. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, anywho, that uh, night I go back to my, my childhood church I hadn't been in 10 years, but my best friend's a missionary. She's back. I go to watch her speak at my childhood church. Hadn't been there in 10 years. And this girl named Maddie walks up and she's like, hey, um, I know like you're really busy, but um, can we get coffee? And I was like, and I, I knew Maddie. I loved her. She's so baller. I was like, heck yeah, <laughs> any time. And so we get coffee mm-hmm. one time. And then, and then she's like, any chance you'd like to get coffee? I was like, yes, anytime, anything for you. So we go out for coffee a second time. So at the end of our second coffee, she says, 
She's like, I have something I want to ask you and you can totally pray about it. You can totally say no. And she was like, would you consider mentoring me? And I, it was so funny because I was like, Maddie, I would love to mentor you. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. I told her my story. I said, Maddie, the day I saw you, you know, I hadn't seen you in like 10 years. I'd already gotten a clarity from God that I was supposed to mentor, saw you that night, knew I uh, loved everything about you. And she was like, so I said yes to her. She goes, she goes, oh, okay. She was like, because (laughs) like, to be honest, God told me to ask you a year ago. Wow. I I was too chicken. Whoa. God told me to ask you a year ago and I was too chicken. I said, you know what, Maddie, God, God knew that you would drag your feet and delay and be a big chicken. Uh, and he talked to you in advance because the day that you actually asked me, I got the clarification and the clarity I needed to also say yes to you. <laughs> that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so, right? What a great example. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the Holy Spirit. Well, I can't take any credit for it. So. It was great. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh, what a great example, though, because I think there's like, like I was saying earlier, there's just so many times where we allow ourselves to be gripped by fear. And I just, man, I can't help but just like think about when I get up to heaven and God turns me around or however he chooses to do it and shows me the tapestry of my life that he's woven. And I get to meet all the people that I thought was like a waste or like, oh, that didn't even land what I said to them, you know, and getting to see those lives that how God used our lives, used the, even the moments that we thought were unimportant, you know, uh, I am so excited for that day. And I, because I know that it is going to be beyond my wildest dreams of like what God did with my yes or my simple, even the times when I thought I failed. Even the times when I, when I continued to acknowledge his name, I continued to honor him. I continued to serve him. Um, and the same goes for every single one of you guys, you know, who are listeners. And so it really is an encouragement to look at those areas where fear has really gotten the better of you and going, hold on. Is there another way besides this? Like, is there like m- maybe I can get up and I can walk towards this thing that God told me to do 10 years ago? in the cases with Maddie or a year ago with the case with Maddie, you know, um, that it's not, it's not too late. It's not too late. Nope. Because God knows what he's doing and he knows what it's going to take to get you to take that leap. All yeah, right. Come on. Um, so I, I wasn't sure how much I wanted to, uh, I was going to talk more about the Israelites. I'll probably sum it up in this. And I was studying their journey through the wilderness. Okay. And they basically decided they were afraid of death, death by wilderness, death by disease, death by sword, death by giant, death by starvation. They were totally afraid. Right. And so they didn't want to move forward. And actually they begged God for the, uh, to go back to Egypt. They're like, 
you know, we'll just go back to Egypt. Sounds good to us, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, and because they wouldn't move forward and because they wanted to go backwards, they got stuck. Okay. They got stuck. And really we can live the rest of our lifetime in any place, Egypt, the wilderness, or the promised land. We can actually spend the rest of our life oppressed, uh, in between, or in the promised land. Okay. Because God wants to move us out of oppression and into, into his, our place in him and in, in his plan for our life. Mm-hmm. We can choose to stay in slavery. We can also choose to stay in between and how getting stuck in between happens is you try to drag into the new with your old and that's how you get stuck. And so the Israelites were, were terrified of death. And you know what happened to that first generation in the wilderness? They died. They, that, that first generation didn't get to move into the promised land. They died. They died in the wilderness. Okay. And so fear says, don't move forward. Okay. You're going to die. All right. But what fear will do is it will have you stand in the same place your entire life. So you will live and die standing in the same place you never moved from. And so, you know what you did? You stood on your grave. Hmm. You just protected your grave. And that's fear. It's, I don't want to die, so I'm not going to move forward. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to make a move. Well, you just lived and died standing in over your grave. Yeah. And that is a sad way to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've met people where they've been in that situation and it's like a mental prison, honestly, because it's like they'll feel bad they'll have moments of feeling bad for their situation and then they'll try and bolster themselves and be like, no, you know what? I, it's okay that I'm here. And, and they'll, they'll come with all this stuff, but then they always end up back in that place of feeling bad, eventually feeling bad. And so then they have to find some new way to encourage themselves. I'm like, just go and do the thing. Like, just go and do it. Like go and do the thing. Like what's the worst that can happen? You fail, but that failure we were talking on last year's show about failure and it's like even looking at failure as like, oh, this is the final nail in the coffin because I failed at this thing that I tried that I was fearful to do for a long time. But if we allow it, fear, fear actually becomes this like for it actually becomes a forward momentum or a failure becomes this forward momentum. You know, you do something, you fail. If you allow God to redeem that thing and work it together for your good, which is scriptural people. Um, he will. And it becomes this for almost this launching point to the next thing. So mm-hmm. word, word, literally the word. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and so I think a lot of times uh, I believe in, in, uh, you know, a, a good, a healthy amount of introspection is, is good. We don't want to be unaware uh, and avoidant of introspection, but we also have to, um, uh, shine a light in a microscope on our introspection. Okay. Because my issue, the issue really with the Israelites is they were introspective in an ungodly way. Okay. And they began to become so introspective about what they were scared of and what was going to happen and all this stuff. And 
that really caused them to not move forward at all. They became totally crippled by fear, right? And um, paralyzed by fear, right? And so your thoughts will either sink you or serve you. And when negative thinking takes over your life, you won't be able to step out in faith. You won't be able to conquer giants. You won't be able to move forward in God's promises for your life because you're bound by what fear says, okay, that it's unsafe to trust God. And I'm very introspective uh, to a default. I spend hours and days and weeks turning the same thing over in my mind. And the more I do this, the more problems and disappointments I find. And the more problems and disappointments I find, the more I do this. Okay. It's a vicious cycle. Yes. Okay. And so we have to be very cautious about where our introspection is leading us. And I want to kind of uh, work towards uh, the the latter half of our session today. I want to work towards actually helping people. Um, get a grip on their thought life and, and where it's taking them. Okay. Um, because, you know, we can expose fear all day long, but then what do you do when you come across it? Because you will. Mm-hmm. And so from my experience, we allow fear to steal our purpose when we are not uh, in awareness or in agreement with our calling, identity, and authority, okay? And so when fear comes to stand between me and, you know, my next thing, right? I start to think, you know what? I'm not even called to that anyway. You know what? I never really wanted to do that anyway. (laughs) And it comes to convince me to stay away from my promised land and my future, all right? Mm And you don't even want to begin walking in that direction. And so we have to connect back and we have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, what is my calling? What is my identity and assignment and and authority, okay, given to me by God? And we have to ask ourselves that one question. If I had absolutely no fear, what would I want and what would I do? you would move forward and take on giants as confidently as Joshua did. You would slay. Yeah. You would move forward and, and, and take your promised land battle after battle, knowing you have nothing to fear because yeah. God fights your battles. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, but to do that, we have to monitor our thoughts because our thoughts are what direct and dictate uh, our path in our direction. Okay. We, we think, you know, it's words, we think it's plans, we think it's actions, you know, uh, that, you know, direct our path, but certain actions and plans never actually take place because our thoughts wrote them out of the picture because of fear and timidity. And so I want to talk about how to, okay, um, how we get off track. How is it that we actually get off track from where we want to go? Okay. And then how do we get back on track when we know we're off track? 
And I wasn't a Girl Scout. I never learned how to use a compass. Uh, my success in the wilderness is pretty shady. <laughs> Unsupervised. <Yeah. laughs> I almost got stranded in the ocean in Costa Rica last year. I did get stranded. In the, I had to get rescued, Jeff. But you did? Did you see that reel? No. Well, I did, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't. I wasn't looking at. Yeah. I got on a paddleboard and that's another sermon. I, I, when I walked through that, I was like, there's a sermon in this or, or, or else. <laughs> so yeah. I got on a paddleboard in Costa Rica and the wind blew me out into a cove where nobody could see me. And, and it just wanted to take me miles out in the ocean. I literally was stranded in the ocean on a paddleboard by myself, screaming help for an hour and a boat had to come and save me. Oh, an hour no. later. So not a wilderness girl. I'm good. So, so to be fair, the ocean is different. Okay. So thank you. You know, it's like I, when you said wilderness, I thought, oh, going into the forest or I don't know, going out of the country. Yeah. Yeah. I love not the, the ocean. Outdoors, but yeah. Yeah. I'd be more careful in the future. Yeah. So, yeah. so anywho. Um, so I never learned how to use a compass, but I began to kind of study about, um, charting like a course and what it takes to go North. All right. And I was really surprised to learn that a compass, it doesn't actually point perfectly North. Okay. And that's because when you're in, let's, let me just make Jeff, were you a boy scout? Uh, I was for a year. Okay. Okay. So no. Two years? I don't know. I didn't know it was like a year. Okay, if I'm off on any of this, feel free to correct me. Because... Yeah, it's, well, it's been a hot minute. So continue. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm learning what I'm learning, but hopefully it's right. So yeah. basically, it is said that, you know, you can always just preface with that. Yeah. Yes. That's what this is what they say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm learning that a compass doesn't point perfectly north. Okay. When you're holding a compass, when it points north, it's actually pointing to what they call magnetic north, okay? Mm -hmm. And magnetic north is the direction the compass needle points as it aligns with the Earth's magnetic field. And so the magnetic field, it actually like shifts and changes over time on a regular basis. And when it does that, it moves the needle, okay, around by like varying degrees. Mm. And so... Uh, so a compass is pointing magnetic north, magnetic north, it shifts and changes from the earth's magnetic field. Okay. And how it pulls on the needle. And so true north, all right, is actually a fixed point. Okay. On the earth. It's a fixed point on the globe. True north never changes. Okay. So the reason when you use a compass, the reason you don't go perfectly north is because that needle's moving from the magnetic pools. All right. Um, so this means that that when we are trying to chart true north by using a compass, we are always going a little sideways. All right. <laughs> And that's why when you use a compass, a compass is great, but you always want to verify it uh, with the fixed point of true north. All right. You need you need to do both, uh, especially the longer distance you're going. So and the more specific it has to be. 
All right. And so the magnetic north, the true north, they almost never match up. They almost never line up. I don't think they have in in, a hun in several hundred years. All right. Hmm. And this is really important to know. Uh, we're working a theory right now because it, it's because because of the magnetic pool. OK, that compromises the degree of your trajectory. You'll never head true north. OK, by using just a compass. You have got to constantly verify your trajectory and your direction by using a map that keeps true north on a fixed point. All right. And that fixed point is never going to change, even though the magnetic pools change every day. So what so basically where I'm going with this. All right. Is our circumstances, our experiences and our thoughts. They pull on the direction of our life every day. All right. And so we're trying to head in the direction and the destination that we know we need to go. Right. But these things, especially tied to our thoughts, they will get you to go off course. And here's the danger. Because we think, oh, you know, it's just off by a few degrees, you know. But the degrees begin to compound every oh, time yeah. you take a step mm -hmm. and those steps compound over the days. And so I'm, I'm working a theory. It's just it's just a, you know, tra I'm tracking with you. We're parable simulation, yeah. whatever you we want got to call this. it. We got it. But say in 90 days, say for 90 days, you've been off course by one degree. OK, your thoughts have taken you off course, gotten you off. OK, by one degree. Okay, not a big deal one day. Just get back, you know, on track. But after 90 days, you're not off by one degree. You're off by 90 degrees, and that's going in the wrong direction. All right? Now, uh, blow that up to a larger scale and say you've been, your thoughts have been taking you off course, misleading you, getting you away from your purpose and your destiny for 180 days. Where are you even? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you even? Well, yeah you're headed back to Egypt because now you're not even going, you know, from the North pole to Alaska, you're not going the wrong direction. You've completely turned around. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're headed totally away from your promised land. You're headed totally away from your future. You have managed to begin to go backwards. Okay. And so there's a danger when we don't monitor our thoughts and, and it's Craig Groeschel. He says, our life goes in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Okay. Wow. And so this is why we have to get a grip on our thought life, right? Because our thoughts will actually land us totally off course. And we have got to monitor them. Because when you just unleash your thoughts, you know, you think it's not a big deal. You just have anxiety. You just have fear. Well, 90 days later, you didn't do any of the assignments God called you to. And now you're headed totally in the wrong direction. You haven't done anything God called you to, and you're not paying attention. You're just letting your thoughts drive your life and they're driving you in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you think about that? I think that's bang on. <laughs> and I think that it's really important to man. And obviously I'm sure you have some great tips for, okay, Kara. People are like, fine, I hear you. I've been uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, falling prey 
to the the wiles of fear and the devil yeah. uh i do need to make some changes okay so what what do i need to do because i i mean for me one of the things that i do just right out of the gate if i because like you know i'll uh go do a show i'll do a show and then you know i'll go run an errand or something like that and then immediately if it uh, satan will come in and try and like tell me lies help elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world all donations go toward making elijah fire and the elijah fire podcast possible visit elijahfire.com slash give and become a partner today and i'll i, I will yell in the car <laughs> like yeah i'll, yell. I'll be like no screaming in the name of jesus yeah sometimes i gotta get in the car just to go do that but yeah. um yeah so, so like what are some what are some ways that people can reorient themselves to true north okay like what what are some ways that people can do that i'm going to present uh kind of an extreme challenge today okay okay uh it's it's a it's a pretty it, it's pretty extreme it's gonna take yeah what are you doing squats <laughs> oh yeah here we go <laughs> okay uh and let me tee it up of why i think you should actually take the challenge and not just pass it off as a silly exercise, all right? Because we're talking about our life. And sometimes we're not the best steward of our life. And so Moses, in, in Psalm 90, 12, Moses, uh, he, he was praying to God. He said, would you teach us to number our days? Psalm 90, 12, or what, is, it, it, is it another, another place? You know, it's in my notes. Do you want to check that out? Psalm 90, 12? Because you said <laughs> yeah. Moses, didn't you? It was Moses. Now I'm looking. Maybe that came from, teach us so that we would, maybe it was David or let me well, figure it out. Yeah. So it would be, I mean, it would be David or a psalmist. Yeah. I don't so, know if so he teach would. teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts unto wisdom. Yeah. That's the verse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, let me Yeah, check. we got it later okay so yeah. right so basically we're taught to number our days because we don't want to waste our life and we don't want our to let our mind pull us away from the trajectory that god has us on right uh and israel knew what that was like they knew what it was like to get stuck in the wilderness because their thoughts had crippled them their fear had crippled them right their fear had counted them out of their destiny in their future okay yeah. and I want to talk to everybody, but I'm going to just talk to me. Okay. So I don't upset anybody. <laughs> well, talk to me. So I don't upset you, okay. but if we're real, okay. If I could have fixed me, I just would have done it by now, but I have gotten myself into states that only God got me out of. Okay. And so at some point I, maybe you, maybe we, okay need to face the fact that if we are headed in the wrong direction, we got ourselves turned around. Okay. And we're, we're, sometimes we're not the best steward of our lives. Okay. And so I began to come to terms with what I could see the long-term result would be if I stayed in that state and followed the direction of my thoughts. Okay. And the long-term result would be I would not move forward into my future. I would not fulfill God's plans for my life. And so the question to you, okay, 
is where do you want to spend the rest of your life? All right. Because we can spend the rest of our life in slavery, in the promised land, or stuck in between because we are afraid to move forward. Hmm. So if we don't follow God out of the Exodus, we just stay in oppression and slavery. And if we don't follow God through the wilderness, we get stuck in between the old and the new, in between our past and our future, okay, our promised land. Mm -hmm. And that advice to uh, number our days, okay, we need to pay close attention uh, to that wisdom, okay? Because the enemy, okay, wants us to get stuck and wants us to forfeit our future, okay? And so our, our days are already numbered. We don't know how many are left. We just know they're fleeting and they're passing, right? But we've just learned there are things that are pulling every single day for us to get off track. They are the pools of life. They are the pools of stress and fear and worry and anxiety, okay, and exhaustion. And they pull us off course. All right. And one degree, one day, no big deal. We get back on the horse. But it's when we don't monitor our thoughts that it totally gets out of hand. All right. And so where I'm going with this is I want you to monitor your thoughts. All right. And the reality is like buy pen and buy paper every morning, every night, whatever it takes. Because the reality is you're going somewhere over the next 90 days and the next 180 days, right? And I want you to do yourself a favor and to take a look behind you for a minute. And I want you to ask yourself, in the last 180 days, where did I go? What direction did I go? Okay. And evaluate if you went the right way, got there safely, accomplished, you know, that, or if you got off track and lost and stuck and turned around. Hmm. And I want you to evaluate honestly, all right, if when you know you're off track, or do you have a system and a plan for getting on track? All right. But we can't even begin to do that. If we don't know what our true north is, okay, we have to know what our ultimate destination is. We have to know what God has called us to. And so some of us might need to spend time in prayer, right, about where am I going, right? Because when we don't have that fixed point in our mind, we will roam around aimlessly getting nowhere and getting nothing done. And we will start walking east, not knowing God had assignments for us lined up uh, on the northern highway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on. And. um, Oh, dude, I literally, literally just forgot what I was going to say. And it was along what you were saying. But anyways, um, it's like right there, Kara. It's right there. Well, it doesn't matter. 
it was just going to, it was just going to build off of what you were saying. Okay. Well, let me give you 10 seconds to think about it. Cause I'm going to give Anushka another shout out last week. She had my back and she went, she looked up Psalm 90, 12 for us. And it's, it's a Psalm of Moses. And so yes. that's why illumination have- also put it, I was going to mention that as <laughs> they, well. They have our backs. It's a prayer of-, of Moses, the man of God. Yeah. Yeah. That's what <laughs> Did it come back one. to you? No, not yet. Okay. Okay. So, so oh, I remember what I was going to say. Thank you, Lord. Cause it is important, man. I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation with people over the years of discipling people, all that stuff. But that's, you know, you were like, you have to know what true North is. What is the thing? What is the assignment? What is the, what are the marching orders? Whatever it is, you can insert whatever definition you want. Mm-hmm. There are people who are in a place where they're like, but I don't know what that is i don't know what that is the amazing thing is that could mean a multitude of things but the amazing thing is that we do ultimately have a true north and that is jesus himself abiding in him seeking his face for the sake of seeking his face Mm -hmm. and he will and then also too like like luke chapter 18 the parable of the persistent widow who just goes nuts on the judge and it's like yo i want justice and the, yeah. ju- the judge is finally like, okay, fine, you can have justice. And mm-hmm. Jesus was actually using it as a parable in relate as it relates to praying ceaselessly day and night towards God, the father himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also, if you don't have marching orders right now and you do feel like your mind is in a bit of a tizzy, um, m- maybe this is a season where you abide in him and he brings healing to some areas that desperately need that healing, you know? And that's, I think we get so focused on like, what is the thing? What's the thing? Jesus is the thing. Everything else is just a a bonus. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the thing and he is enough, you know? So there's that too. Pete. Yep. I love that. So um, I promised I would, bring three questions back to the end. Yes. Right. Because I swear to you, people will go, I am not monitoring my thoughts for that long. You know, they won't do it. They won't get out a pen and paper and focus on it. You know, once a day, they won't do it. But we have to realize we're talking about our life. And so we have to be focused especially when we know we have an issue with fear and negative thinking. And so those three questions I want to ask you, you'd ask yourself, number one, have you been stuck in patterns and cycles of fear, anxiety, and negative thinking? Two, what has been the immediate effect and what will be the long-term effect if you don't change something three how long do you want to keep going through the cycle that third question it might sound really silly but everything changed the day i asked myself that question because after months and years of being stuck in the same cycles that were pulling me apart in pieces we covered in our last session that anxiety actually pulls you to pieces. Okay. That's the Greek behind Philippians four, six, it pulls you apart. I asked myself, how long do I want to keep doing this? And 
when I asked myself, how long do I want to keep doing this? I began to legitimately negotiate in my head. And I said, maybe I want to keep doing it for like a day. (laughs) Maybe that's not enough time. Maybe I'll keep doing it for like 30 days. And that's when I realized the negative thinking was rooted in self-protective behaviors that I didn't actually intend to give up because I actually didn't trust God. And so when I started going, oh yeah, I'm not giving this up. That's when I realized I was always going to complain and never going to change, okay? And so we need to face that. If there's anything attached to that, um, of I'm an anxious person, I'm gonna worry, I'm never gonna stop. You betcha, you won't, okay? And so we have to come to this point of saying, I'm going to give it up. I am going to do whatever it takes to give it up. All right. Um, And I began to realize, oh, well, all the terrible consequences of my own self, it's all my own self-inflicted anxiety. Okay. And this anxiety is self-inflicted and it's totally false protection. It's totally lying to me. Okay. Because God's peace is true and it's the only thing that actually guards you. And so I decided, uh, yeah, it would be pretty silly to keep going in the same patterns that only bring me destruction. All right. And so I had to face literally me and me alone. And that's when I buckled up for the long haul because I realized I've got some issues here and I need to uh, chart uh, uh, my course. I need to figure out what my true north is where I want to go, where I end up and track my thoughts and monitor them every day to figure out, am I going in the right direction or am I getting off track? When I get off track, how do I get back on track? Okay. And so, uh, the assignment I have for people, you can, you can do that in your mind. You can do that, you know, pretty, you know, just, uh, in your mind pretty easily. But for people who are legitimately struggling of being off track, who know they've been doing this for months and years, uh, I'm going to give you the extreme challenge to get out a blank piece of paper and a pen and a pen and sit down once a day. And day one, you're going to decide what is my true north. Okay, because if you don't have that, you're going to walk around aimlessly, going nowhere, get nothing done. Day one, you sit down and you write down. This is my true north. Okay. You can change it over time. Don't, don't freak out, you know, that you have to know God's full plan for your future today. Just start somewhere. <laughs> if if you have anxiety where you need to start, is I've not been given a spirit of fear. I've been given a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. I'm not anxious. I surrender it all to God. And the peace of God surpasses my, you know, that surpasses all understanding, guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I'm free indeed. That is the true north. You, it might not be in 10 years, I'll start a church. No, it might just be, I need to know the true north of my mind right now. Yeah, that's good. Okay. That's really good. So you, it can be as, as small scale, large scale that you want. You can change it in 30 days. No big deal. So begin by determining what is your true north. Okay. That's the most important thing. And then once a day, whether it's probably, probably at the end of the day, you need to go back to that piece of paper and write down, where did my thoughts take me today? Okay. 
were they on track or did they take me off course? Okay. And if they're on track, you say, great, what was I doing with the Holy Spirit today that, you know, we, we got it unlocked. And if you're off track, you say, all right, where do I need to go in scripture tonight? What do I need to do with the Holy Spirit tonight that tomorrow I don't get off track? Yeah. So we want to become disciplined in our minds, all right? Because we only have X number of years, you know, or, or really X number of years left. But here's the thing is in the in the last session, Jeff and I talked about uh, you have X number of years behind you of patterns where now your neur- neural pathways that work, you know, fast as lightning, okay, are predetermining what your reactions and your thoughts are going to be. And so in order to basically flip that, okay, reorganize it, overcome it, change it, you have to be quick on your feet, all right, the feet of your mind, to override previous reactions and thoughts that are happening in your mind that are ungodly, all right? And for for this assignment, I want you to, to really land on Philippians 4, 8 to 9. Okay, because when you get off track, there's a ton of scriptures you can use. I used some. I I legitimately did this, Jeff. I legitimately did this. Okay, (laughs) it was it's brutal, (laughs) (laughs) but I legitimately did this, and and I used Philippians four eight to nine because these are the things you want to replace negative thoughts with. All right, and it says. You're supposed to think about whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, and of good report, okay? If there's any virtue, if they're praiseworthy, those are the things you meditate on, okay? And um, I like the message version, okay? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the message version says, in the middle of it, it says, think about the best, not the worst. Think about the beautiful, not the ugly. Think about things to praise, not things to curse. And Paul says, put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized, okay? And so my challenge today is to put this in practice, okay? Legitimately put it in practice. You're going somewhere over the next 90 days, over the next 180 days. If you regret taking 10 minutes a day to write this down, you can leave me a complaint in the comment section. No. I'll delete it. Regret it. (laughs) No one, Jeff, no one who does this is going to regret it. Right. We might have regrets when we don't take, um, initiative over our life and dominion over our life. That's what we regret. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I love it. That's, (laughs) that's so good. All right, everybody, you have your assignment. Mm -hmm. You know what you have to do. Can people couple in their I am statements as well from last week? I mean, those could be for some people, those are probably big deals of like, Mm -hmm. whoa, this is actually who I am. So when 
your thoughts do go that way and you do find that as you're monitoring them you go hold on my i am i need to read my i am statement okay how do i integrate that in to my day multiple times a day you can use the i am statement as your true north and that your homework's already done for the day there we go <laughs> you can pack up yes yeah all right kara i would love for you to pray uh pray for the people okay. uh as we close this out Awesome. God, we uh, thank you for the time that we had together. Yes. Lord, God, we thank you that you are the Lord of our life. Mm -hmm. God, we thank you that we make our plans, but you actually establish our steps. Lord, I ask that you would help people who have really been struggling with their thoughts, with their fears, that their assignments have been left um, unattended to, Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you would focus them, and that you would speak to them about what their, their call is, their purposes, and their assignments on the earth are, Lord. Lord, help them to really take dominion over their thoughts. Uh, help those over the next 90 days and 180 days or whatever they decide to do, however they decide to begin to track their thoughts and pay attention, Lord. We just know you're going to be in it, God. Lord, and we want to walk with you. We want to go to the promised land. We don't want to miss out and we don't want to let fear stop us, God. So I pray over everyone right now, Lord, that you would take their hand and you would show them exactly what to do over these next few days, Lord. And we just agree uh, assignments and callings will be clarified, Lord, and that people will run uh, to them and with them in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Oh, guys, it's going down. It's going down. It, 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 we're we're on the we're on the upswing. Yeah. Heaven's winning. Yes. Heaven's winning in your life. Let's go. All right, Kara. How can people follow you? How can they get uh, this amazing? Defend yourself. <laughs> spin move. move. I have to unspin myself because I was all tangled in my foot. Anyways, how can people get defend yourself? Uh, how can they follow you? All that good stuff. Yeah. Um, you can get the book on Amazon or, uh, at karastarns.com. Uh, I'm doing some stuff on YouTube and Instagram, but, um, partnering with Jeff here. So I will also be back, um, this time next week. Boom. There and we go. Can I plug in if anybody, uh, we're still on the topic of the, of the mind and, and the mind warfare and the fear, um, and if I'm still developing what we're talking about next week, if there are people watching this who want something covered, um, I'll, I'll watch your comments over the next few days. So post questions or things maybe you want me to talk about, and I will. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Well, Kara, this was really, really good. This was a great part two. I can't wait to see part three of three, which is next week on Wednesday. Yep. All that good stuff. So, Kara, thank, thank you so much for every, you. everything you've poured into this. It shows. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Everybody, that's our show. Love you guys, and we will see you tomorrow. All right. See you then. Goodbye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. 
For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.